Welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. I'm Troy Richards, the pastor at First Baptist Church in Jackson, Missouri, and we have taken a little bit of a hiatus, but we are back with a whole new group and format and, uh, well, very similar format to what we did before. But if you're new to the Understanding Jesus podcast, what we do is we meet each week and we talk about uh, things we've learned. Our church is reading through the Bible in a year. We do every year, and uh, hopefully you're a part of a yearly Bible reading. And so we, as we read through the Bible each week, we look back and talk about the things we learned from what we read in God's Word, uh, ask some questions, give some answers, and, and hopefully have a good time doing it. And, and with me as a familiar person, Evan Federhoff is here with us. He's been on several times. Welcome, Evan. At least four. At least four. Katra. Or at least three, maybe four. We'll at least three, maybe four. But it feels like you've been on a lot more than that. Anyway, but that's just because yeah. I see you all the time. So that's anyway, right. yeah. But uh, new new to the microphone with us is uh, Mr. Reese Hammond. Reese, welcome. Hey, good to be here. Hey, and today we're really not. We're going to take today. We're since we're reintroducing the uh, podcast, we're really just going to take some time to get to know um, each of the people that are involved. And so Evan, since you, I know you've been on before, but you're going to be more of a regular uh, yeah. with the podcast. Oh wait, I forgot about Austin. Austin. That's all right. <laughs> I take you for granted. You know, yeah. Sitting over there behind. Well, me. I'm always here, but today I'm on camera. That's right, lurking in the background. Austin has always been lurking in the background. We made him uh, go through some um, uh, some facial reconstruction and uh, and and bettering him, the look of himself, changing his hairstyle and so yep. forth before we put him on camera. He lurked. But uh, <laughs> yep, I no longer have of, bangs. A lot of body shaming. It's a whole new me. place. Yeah. So no. So we got the whole new Austin Lambert look going. But, uh, you know, I went away for summer. I got tan. It's all gone now, but <laughs> did you get it tan? happened. Did you? Were you I mean, were... relative to how I was before, yes, I did wow. get tan. I, I definitely got tan over the summer. Evan gets, Evan gets way more tan than I do. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, that's it's, it. it's redhead tan, though, Austin right? Got, I mean, no, let's call it I, I actually tan. Yeah, no, Evan, Evan has a solid farmer's tan. Really? Like, yeah. like well, that you can see a definite line. With me, it just kind of fades. I get, like, yeah. pink, kind of. Yeah. But Evan legit tans. Oh, like, well, cool, cool. <laughs> that's all. Wow. And that's really all we're going to talk about today: the tanning of mm-hmm. Austin and Evan yeah. uh, mm-hmm. during the summer. But you were you were there for like a day, weren't you? I was there for three days. Three days. Okay. And he really tanned too. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not as delicate as these two. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Well, tell us a little bit. What, what were you doing then in Orlando? All right. So um, over the summer, we went to a project where basically we had discipleship on quite a few different levels, and um, we would stay in a hotel together with eight guys in each room, but it's a resort room, not a not a <laughs> two-queen hotel room. <laughs> we weren't we weren't trapped in, like, sardines or anything, right. but we, uh, well, we were all put together, and, and we had different groups in each room that were um, led by a disciple leader. I got the privilege of being a disciple leader for Austin this this year. And um, but it, it's it's a great project that we get to um, see a lot of students grow, and um, a lot of them just have started their faith. Um, a lot of our college students come to know Christ, and then just a few months later ship out to Florida. So it's a time wherever we get nine week, nine weeks straight to go through different ideas of of world vision, um, mission, discipleship. Um, we get to do evangelism training. Um, Training and reading God's word and prayer and um, and how to do fellowship in a way that matches up with the way scriptures dictate fellowship. Cool. So what? Are, so tell us, Evan. Uh, you went to SEMO mm-hmm. and you got your degree in marketing management. Marketing management. So what are you doing now? Um, so I'm working part time at Lighthouse, raising support to go full time. Hopefully, 
within the next year, and yeah. then um, and then just hopefully doing that on ongoing. Okay, so. describe just what Lighthouse is. So Lighthouse is the student ministry at SEMO. So it's um, it's a Baptist student ministry that um, is headed out of our Southern Baptist Association here in Cape, and also with Charleston. And um, so basically, we um, we reach out to students. Um, the primary goal of our um, of our ministry is to uh, we, we call it the lost to laborer chart. So we're, we we um, we find students that are lost and we um, teach them, disciple them, help them grow, and hopefully the long term goal is that that God will move them on to being a laborer. So um, in Matthew it talks about um, how the harvest of people who don't know Christ is is huge. It's it's many, but the laborers are few. So um, so that's kind of our our primary goal, I'd say, at at a lighthouse. Okay. Cool, cool. Well, and Austin, you also went to Orlando. Yes, I had the pleasure of sharing a bed with Evan for what nine weeks. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, Which is nine weeks too long. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. How long have you guys known each other? Um, we've known each other since my freshman year yeah. of high school. We've been friends since Evan's senior year of high school, my junior year. Yeah. So those first three years, you just kind of dis. I or- I I have this on record. I did not like Evan like the first <laughs> few years I knew him, but I was also like I was at that time I was a professing a professing Christian, but not like a practicing one. Right. So I attribute a lot of that to that because Evan was very a lot stronger in his walk then than probably I am right now. Just at least from the, his outward appearance, because he was always like very happy willing to talk to anybody and stuff like that and me being you know in angsty 16 year old did not like that at all i was like stay away from me so what was your takeaway from orlando this summer it was it was your first time yes uh it was very nice just uh like the main thing for me growing in fellowship was just great because at that point i like I knew like three people my age who were Christians, like Evan, Dylan, and Sarah, and I really didn't hang out with Dylan or Sarah that often. I hung out with Evan every once in a while, but I did. I this summer was good for me just in the fact of meeting other people my age who were in like similar stages of uh, their walks in faith and stuff like that, and just learning from them and with them on how to grow in our own faiths and how to uh, disciple others and, you know, tell them about uh, God's word and everything like that. Wow. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. It was a big growing experience. It's probably the the largest amount I've grown in, like, the shortest amount of time. Yeah. And, and probably your first time away for that length of time? or Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's, mm. a, that's a pretty similar story for a lot of the students I go to. Yeah. How long, oh, have, yeah. You, how long have you been going? So this is my second year. Second year? Okay. Yeah, but— but um, last year I went as a, a regular student, and this year I went as a leader. And okay. I, I'd say both years I grew in immense ways, just like Austin said. Um, and but each year I grew in a very different way. Um, and as a leader, you grow very different than a than a learner, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah. absolutely. You're that's that's true in a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. So Reese, um, you are before we get to or your Orlando portion, because you were just there for a little bit, right? Yeah, for a particular purpose. Okay. Um, but tell us tell us about who you are, where you came from, where you went to school, what you do. Sure. Give us a rundown. Um, my name is Reese Hammonds. I'm the director of the Lighthouse. We are the Baptist Collegiate Ministry at Southeast Missouri State. Evan filled you in a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we are really a, a ministry 
that is geared to reaching college students at Southeast Missouri State with the gospel. And we take, as Evan said, students from loss to labor. And so we are sharing the gospel. We're building relationships with many different types of student groups, a lot of international students, a lot of kind of what some would consider like fringe students, a lot of gaming students, um, but also, you know, I, I have a couple of fraternity guys that I work with and other things like that. So we have a, a good eclectic group of students that we reach out to, and we're just really trying to make sure that students at SEMO, particularly believers, are growing, maturing in Christ, and being able to practice what Christ has commanded us in the Great Commission, but also uh, in understanding that it's all of Christ for all of life, that there's no aspect of their life that it shouldn't be submitted to Christ wholeheartedly and shouldn't be pursued. And so everything they do, we want to make sure they understand, not only is it for his glory, but it's for their good, for the good of you know, their families, their friends, their fellow students, but also for their future. So when they go out into the world, you know, we're not just trying to say, hey, you're, you're a college student, we're just going to use you as a college student now and not really care about where you're going in the, in the future. But right. we want them to be faithful and mature after college, particularly, because um, we want our churches to be healthy. And so a large part of what we do also is making sure that the students that are coming through us understand their role and, their, and what they need to be doing and what it means to be a part of the body of Christ after college. Yeah. Were you a believer in college? No. Um, I actually I came to faith in Christ my senior year of mm-hmm. college. And so I was almost 23. I was in a frat. I played college baseball. I came from a, non, a non-Christian background. Um, and so I was first believer that I, that I even knew of my, my family. Oh. At least on my dad's side, I had an aunt and uncle that came to faith in the 80s. But mm-hmm. they were, if you remember the term deadheads, they, they followed the Grateful Dead around and oh, wow. just smoked a bunch of pot. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, those were the only other ones. Um, and actually, because my background, I guess I can go into this real quick, but, you know, my family has like 10 divorces in, mm-hmm. in my immediate family. So that's my parents twice to each other, my grandmother, all older sisters. Um, it, it, it's just it, it's an it's an unfortunate situation, but through that you know, I uh, I just I just pursued what I wanted to pursue, wanted to get out of the house as soon as possible, a lot of things like that. But overall, um, it wasn't like not having really hardly any exposure to those things at all. Um, God just He saved me out of of where I was right. uh, one morning, and and that's the extent. But so oh. you, you weren't actually involved in the college ministry in college? I, I was as a master's student after I became a believer. So okay. I went to Northwest Missouri State University, okay. which is in the complete opposite corner of the state of Missouri right. from Southeast Missouri State. And I have two degrees from there, a bachelor's and a master's degree. And I, like I said, I was saved at my senior year. I was almost 23. I was planning on doing my master's anyway. Mm-hmm. And so what I did was I got saved, did student teaching, uh, and then and came back and started my master's degree really as i would say is like a uh, a little bit more mature believer wow you know? and through that i actually lived in the bsu house that we had up there it was a bsu up there bcm down here and through that process just continued to grow and i thought i wanted to go into so my master's is in basically like exercise physiology with a uh, athletic administration emphasis. Right. and i wanted to work in college athletics like I was a college athlete myself. I loved it. I loved the work I was doing. I loved the people. Mm-hmm. It really allowed me to have really good conversations with people and engage at all sorts of different levels. 
But by the end of my master's degree and, and the growth of discipleship, I could tell the Lord was just putting on my heart, this isn't what I was supposed to be doing. That right. I just wanted to make disciples. I, I didn't know what that meant. I just know that I wanted to teach the Bible. Mm-hmm. And and so I had really good you know, disciples helping me in that and, and helped me learn what that looked like. And honestly, I did a lot of self-feeding too. Mm-hmm. And and so just the desire to do that was pivotal in, in taking me the direction that the Lord wanted me to go. So so you get your master's degree, and then where'd you go from there? So after my master's degree, I went on staff like Evan to, mm-hmm. Evan is working on right now at the same BSU, and I did that for a year. And right before I started that, um, it kind of took uh, – this is kind of an interesting story. Um, the summer before I started my master's degree, I was doing a, a – youth pastor interim mm-hmm. in Kansas City at my aunt and uncle's church. And through that, I learned a lot, but also through that, I was in the middle of my IMB application to be a journeyman missionary. Right. And so I was going to do that, and the plan was to go do that, come back, finish seminary, and and maybe go on the mission field or something like that. I just right. wanted, to, I wanted to go out. Right. Well, at the same time, I also met, who is now my wife, Lisa, and... Well, let's just say the Lord showed me a lot of wrong motives for right. wanting to be a missionary. Right. And the implication of not seeing her for two years and all these other things really influenced not only me rethinking through that, but also just the Spirit using that to convict me that I was doing it for all the wrong reasons. Hmm. And so I, I withdrew my application process. I was about halfway done. Um, and we, d- we agreed that after we got married, uh, spring of 14 we would just go into seminary and see where we we're going to go okay. and uh, that's that's what happened so i worked for a year at a college ministry um convicted not to go be a, a journeyman missionary <laughs> got married and then started seminary at midwestern baptist theological seminary in the fall of 2014 so how was your midwestern experience i loved it um my midwestern back then was just wonderful my my experience back then was really good um, I was on campus. Uh-huh. I was working three different jobs. One of those, I was working for our student staff and events. Uh-huh. Um, eventually, I became uh, the, uh, why am I forgetting the word? So I, I was overseeing all of our master's students in residence. So I was, I was okay. like their resident leader, so to speak. Gotcha. And so um, they have a different phrase for it up there. But right. I was doing that. I was student staff and events, so we're putting on things like the For the Church Conference. Um, but I was also substitute teaching and doing what I did through my first two degrees, which paid for those. Uh, but I was traveling a lot. We were newly married. I was, and I just made some bad work decisions in the first <laughs> year or two. There's a, there's a principle biblically uh, there too. But um, overall, my experience there was really strong. And I, I do want to have a little shout out in case anyone's interested, but Dr. Owen Strand particularly, it was mm. extremely influential in my life. He was my theology professor, challenged me in many ways, uh, helped me think through some things really well. He was a good mentor, particularly working through, you know, job applications and like, what should I be looking for? What are some the things I need to be seeing? And um, I know he's down in Conway, Arkansas now mm. at the, the seminary down there. And so um, he's super influential. I love the people there. They're all just so faithful. Um, learned so so much um so yeah just really thankful for my experience there and i believe it really did prepare me well to handle the word and to do ministry so you're in northwest mm-hmm. then you're in kansas city where Midwest, Midwest yeah, i was born Arizona. and raised in kansas city and then moved to kind of like a smaller rural area outside of the, yeah. the uh, metro area but 
I've lived all over Kansas yeah. City, like east side, north side, south. So, um, so it begs the question, what brought you to this side of the state? Sure. So funny story. Uh, when I was doing my, my BSU work at Northwest, I took the staff position over from a guy named Andrew Abbott. And he, he uh, prior to me taking that job, came down to southeast Missouri State to be the director of the lighthouse. Hmm. And so I've known him since I was a new believer. So at this point, I've known him for about 12 years today. And so he was down here, and, he, and uh, after seminary, actually, um, I just finished with a seven-month application to be a Navy chaplain. That's what we were going to do after wow. seminary, and, and uh, they rejected my application due to lack of experience in some areas, and they said, hey, come back in two years. Oh, okay, I guess that's a closed door for now. Two weeks later, Andrew calls me up, and he's like, hey, man, because he's from Kansas City, too. Mm. I- I'm coming back. I'm going to pastor a church. I want you to come and interview for my position at the Lighthouse. Wow. And I said, okay. Well, I mean, this just closed. And so we went down and um, got to meet John Vernon and, and the current board at that time and interviewed, and I thought it went really well. Um, John Vernon and I, uh, birds of a feather, I love that man. Uh, he's our director of missions. And, uh, yeah, it, I think it was a real easy call because, one, I'd done it before, and the reason I wanted to be a Navy chaplain is uh, – and it's not a we deci- it's not a me decision for this like my wife and I talked about it extensively but to do the work that I think I was most tuned to do which was to disciple young men uh, I want I wanted to do that and be able to do that and not really worry about other stuff so there was a practical sense of like I didn't have to fundraise right um but at the same time you know what I've been led to here is, is very much in the same vein hmm. still working with young guys uh young young women too but it's just that time of life that I feel that I was absolutely born to do, you know, when, when it says God has prepared for us uh, good works to walk in. Like, I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so right. my attitude towards ministry and wherever I was going to go, it's like, I'm, I'm just there till I'm not. I'm right. not looking to be stepping stone. I'm just looking to increase in the word to make sure that I can be uh, a long-term presence of faithfulness and seeing how that affects the community and, and even though it's a transitory community in, on the college campus, um, the community surrounding it and being able to raise up laborers that will go to the ends of the earth or wherever they're going to go and, and see them faithfully labor, it's like I, I couldn't see anything better than that. Right. Well, give us a, an update on Lighthouse. Where is it right now? Where, is, where do you think it's going over the next year or two? Yeah, so Lighthouse right now, actually, I would say is the first year that we have what I would call um, – Particularly, anytime you have a transition of leadership, you're going to have a lot of bumps, particularly right. when you're stepping into uh, a new leadership position. Because as an associate director prior, I had experience, but like directing it and setting um, the, the trajectory of where we wanted to be, right. evaluating where we were. And, and to be honest, where we were is not where I wanted to be. And, and there's nothing against anything that was before. It's just when you're leading and when you have that authority and you know, the the responsibility to lead well um, you're going to lead to your your convictions and hopefully they're biblically driven right and so i just saw i i just wanted our students to be highly invested in truly being christians and growing in discipleship and making disciples right. and so just holistically we want to be mature and i believe that maturity is seen in xyz 
And so as we work through that, and as I work through these things in my own life, and as God worked in me to um, sharpen me by you know, cutting things off that, that didn't need to be there, and that was mm-hmm. hard, sanctification is. But right now, I'd say this year, we are probably in the best position as far as building off a culture that we've been working on for the last four years. And so I would say we have about 35 students regularly involved in the ministry. Um, we have, we, and maybe this is just a confession, but we're not really a big, like, gathering type of ministry in the sense that, like, we don't center everything around, like, a, a weekly gathering. Right. Um, but we center everything around small groups, discipleship groups, evangelistic Bible studies, uh, evangelism on campus, and good events that connect law students with our students. And so we really try to do a much better job of reaching out to the lost community um, while keeping like our weekly gathering something that is specifically tuned to growing um, our believers on campus. Mm-hmm. And so this this year, and I know I think Evan can attest to this, it's, it's actually going really well. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're just building upward right now off of the foundation that we, uh, for in some ways, had to tear down and in a lot of ways just had to lay and build up. Mm-hmm. And so I would say right now the trajectory that we're at is is good, high discipleship. And uh and now we're working through the kind of the 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 things we have to tweak and, and the nuances of what that might look like on campus. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. One of the things we're hoping to do uh, is is connect with some of the students at the Lighthouse and and even involve them in this podcast because one of the things that we wanted we started this with the idea that God is trying to reveal himself through his word. And so as we meditate upon his word, we come to a greater understanding of Jesus, hence the name, mm-hmm. and uh, and want to hear how, uh, as people are reading his word, what God is revealing to them uh, and, and seeing, and, and then trying to help guide them in that understanding. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think that, uh, that, you know, it's always, the word has always been meant for, I think, all of us to um, be able to access it without without people, you know, back when it was all in Latin and everybody had to, uh, you know, was under the, I, I think it really was kind of a, a slavery where you were reliant upon what uh, the clergy uh, was sharing with you, what they would share, what they would say, and 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 the word was really hidden from the populace, and and, and so many people gave their lives trying to make the word available to people, um, but still I think there's just a stigma that people believe that uh, I can read it, but I don't know how to understand it. Uh, and so just, I think the biggest part of it is just practice, just getting people into the habit of reading God's word, believing that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal uh, himself to them. Now, there are dangers uh, and pitfalls that come from, you know, just opening up the word and reading it. But but that's, uh, but I think it's a good open discussion and, and look forward to having that discussion with some of the, yeah, the and, students here. And I would say this, you know, we're trying to reach students for salvation, but we're also know growing students in maturity and right. sanctification and and the means for both of those is the word of god right the gospel is the power of god for salvation but uh sanctify them in the truth your word is truth and so we're not trying to go beyond that we're right. trying to stay faithful in proclaiming the word you know and i think of colossians 1 28 you know where it says this him we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in christ and like that's the word god like yeah. I, I can't sanctify Evan, right. but God can through his word. And so like everything that we're doing, whether it's our D groups, our discipleship groups, our evangelistic Bible studies, Thursday nights, the one-on-one gospel conversations that we have with people, yeah. like 
we're always trying to work on establishing as preeminent the word of God is the means through which we are reaching to them. Right. And so giving them the resources, giving them the confidence, the encouragement, they know you can do this. Um, so we're like, we're providing Bible studies. We're not trying to make them invent the wheel right. uh, or reinvent it. But we're just like, hey, this, you just got to trust us. You know, yeah. It's like that's what God has said he's going to use. And Absolutely. so um, we just got to go and do that. Absolutely. Uh, but with the right attitude. Well, thanks, Reese, for being here. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, and I, I know time constrains me. Yeah. But uh, I do got to go. But thank well, you guys. But we'll do it again another time. Yeah. We'll, oh. Or we, at least we'll invite you back. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. We'll be back. We've got some more people we're going to talk to when we come back. Welcome back to the Understanding Jesus podcast. And uh, like we said earlier, uh, we're, we were rebooting. Uh, we took a pretty major hiatus there for a little bit. Maybe the revamp. Because, mostly, yeah, the revamp. <laughs> mostly because Austin abandoned us for the uh, summer, uh, getting his tan. Uh, and uh, I, and I told you how to do everything. You just didn't do it. That's right. It's his red glow. That's right. And we were waiting for Evan. We had a lot of uh, conflicts with Evan's uh, uh, manager and uh, and trying to get his contract negotiated. He yeah. held out for a lot more money. Yeah. And so, uh, well, so. that's also because I was also his manager, and <laughs> I took a hiatus from that as well. <laughs> <laughs> but with us for the first time, and uh, and I don't know why it's the first time, because he's been on staff for some time, is, is yep. Bruce Turner. Yep. Welcome, Bruce. Oh, hey, it's good to be here. Yeah. Thank you. And Bruce, yeah. is, a, Bruce is not a stranger to the microphone. He does some, like... Um, uh, you've probably heard him in commercials and things of that nature, or maybe not. I don't know. That's true. If you you've ever to... wanted to sell a house, uh, probably I've I've done it. I've I've done over a a million home listings actually. Oh wow! That's true. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Yeah. And and uh, <laughs> is there a success ratio with that? If we... I, I have no idea. Some people might judge uh, the number of views that the YouTube video would get, but uh, when you, when you look at it, it's it's not very impressive. So I I wouldn't refer you there. So. Okay, I, I know I don't want to take too long on this, but okay. I am just super curious. So when you say you do a home listing, what what does that mean? So give us a sample. Oh well, uh, yeah, a, a realtor will give. Uh, me the basic information on a home and so my job is to fluff it all up make it sound really really good and then I do a uh, an mp3 clip that they uh, merge with a YouTube video sometimes it's synchronized like they go from from room to room and so I'm describing the room as the as they uh, go through with a go cam or whatever yeah. and uh, and so uh, you know then the finished product is is placed on YouTube or sometimes uh, Half-hour TV shows, uh, real real estate shows all over the country. I'm, wow. uh, my voice is heard in Canada. My voice is heard in Texas. My voice is heard in Spokane, Washington. Uh, you know, just all around. So that's awesome. Yeah. So so you're saying that after we get done with this podcast, we can like Google search or go to a YouTube search and we can find something that's got your voice in it. Absolutely. You that's can. exciting. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wow. So what you're saying is you should be leading this. <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Austin. I, I don't yeah. think we're trying to sell real estate here. So, you <laughs> we, know, we might be before it's over. <laughs> well, you never know. That's true. If things us, go uh, downhill, maybe. That's right, that's right. That's right. Can you give us a sample of a four-bedroom home in Miami, Florida? Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, don't miss out on this beautiful four-bedroom, three-bath home brought to you by uh you know so, such and such realtor i, I don't know yeah uh, we, don't, we don't want to give anybody credit it, without yeah, them paying yeah, for yeah, it yeah, yeah, we, right. we gave mountain Dew no so free much sponsor free publicity <laughs> over the years yeah. and got nothing out of it not even a letter from mountain Dew thanking us for 
Right. And you know they probably saw it and were like, they're sure already they they're they're sure already they doing it, so why should yeah. we pay them? I know. I, and you think they reach out to us after their dip in sales over the summer while we weren't doing the podcast? Yeah. You know that that surely they were thinking. Oh my Eagle goodness. Eye viewers That's will right. know that I am no longer drinking Mountain Dew for this exact reason. <laughs> That's right. And I I still am drinking Mountain Dew. I just don't have one in front of this me. This is now paid programming. Or <laughs> That's, right. That's right. That's right. I'll start blacking it out or whatever. So again, nothing free for them anymore. Although I've just now given them quite a bit of free. <laughs> But Bruce, uh, we're, uh, we uh, we talked to Reese Hammond in our last segment, uh-huh. um, and uh, and Reese is our lighthouse guy. Uh, you uh, have you're on staff here at First Baptist Jackson, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, doing our, working with our student ministry. But before you came here, just kind of walk us to uh, what did you do? Well, first of all, how when were you? When did you become a believer? Well. Um, I was raised in a little town in southeast Missouri called Ellington. It's over by uh, Clearwater Lake and Current River, all those areas where outdoor stuff is uh, just in your back door, literally. And so uh, being raised there, we moved around a lot, uh, but uh, as a teenager, uh, well, I'll I'll back up and say, as as a kid, I went to a little backwoods church where lots of weird things went on and uh and uh <laughs> and so by the time I was 10 or 12 years old I had just decided that this whole god thing was just something that people who couldn't deal with everyday life just needed uh, a crutch for and they they would just you know cling on to that and so uh it was very convenient because during my teenage years I just I just became party hardy we had a little little band and we would sit around and you know do all the things that you shouldn't be doing and uh it was very convenient for me to say I'm an atheist because if there is no god then I don't have to be accountable to him mm. and uh and that's kind of where I I stayed with that but all along during that time I just really knew you know that god did exist in fact sometimes now you have to understand I'm coming from a generation where if you couldn't handle you know, your liquor and drink, you just weren't a man. And so, you know, a lot of times I'd be driving home just, you know, uh, endangering myself and everybody else on the road. But when I would get home and go to bed uh, and the bed would be spinning, you know, my thoughts would always turn to, huh, you know, what if God really did exist and I died tonight? Where where would I be? Mm. And all all the guys that I hung out with, they would always say, well, Turner, Someday you're going to know that God exists. And my answer to them would be, well, if God really exists, then why are you doing what you're doing? And their answer would be, oh, we know. We're going to bust hell wide open, but there is a God, you know? And, uh, and so. Wow, that's a, that's a crazy apologetics. <laughs> it, it is, yeah. yeah. And, so, and so as time went on, I, uh, I met the person that is now my wife, and uh, the only place I could see her was at church. And so. Uh, we would, I would go to church, had no interest whatsoever in hearing what was there, but uh, I kind of knew enough about, or at least in my mind, I knew enough about Baptists that they were kind of cold and lifeless, and I figured it wasn't going to affect me one bit. And so, <laughs> and so once we had a two-week revival, and uh, that, that meant, now you don't have two-week revivals now, you don't even have revivals yeah. now, but this was right. a meeting where you'd bring this speaker in and, you know, the whole idea, the, the, the thrust of it was to bring your lost friends. And so I'm there and uh, my motive is I get to hold my girlfriend's hand every night for two weeks. Uh, what I wasn't banking on 
was this guy began to preach. I mean, it was like everybody else in the room had disappeared, and he was just speaking right to me and right to my heart. And um, he painted a very uh, colorful and uh, very uh, truthful picture about what hell was all about and our need for a Savior. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say that he, he, he scared me into salvation, but I knew that, uh, you know, first of all, I was really tired of the lifestyle that I was living. Mm. It was time to move on to something, something better and, and uh, stop being so self-serving and start looking at something bigger in, in my life. I had kind of gotten to that point. And the timing was right. And the uh, first couple of nights, uh, you know, during what they call invitation, I white-knuckled it on the, on the yeah. back of the pew, just resisting. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit just kept dealing with my heart. And so I went forward and gave my heart to Christ then. I, I was 18 years old. I was already out of school. And, uh, you know, an interesting side note, or to me it's interesting, a side note is, is that a little later uh, I, I dug out a, uh, an autograph book that, that you have as a senior. You know, people just sign it and just give you fair wishes and right. all that. And what I hadn't realized in all of that, I'd read it before but hadn't paid any attention to it, but person after person had signed that and say, said, Bruce, we're praying for you that, that someday you'll, you'll realize that God exists and he'll wow. come. Wow, in your high school yearbook? Yeah. Wow. And it, it, when I, after I saw it, for the, you know, kind of like for the first time, my, you know, my spiritual eyes were open to that. It blew me away to just think so many people were praying for me and thinking yeah. about me and, you know, and how the Holy Spirit was honoring their prayers and dealing with my heart and mm. all of that. So, so that's, that's how I came to know the Lord. And uh, it's, it's been pretty exciting. We, I served in my home church uh, a little bit later. And this is one of those deals, you know, you hear this phrase, God, uh, God equips the called. He doesn't call the equipped. And uh, right. that's certainly been true in my life. I mean, I had no, uh, to begin with, I had no formal schooling. I just was kind of filling a need. Uh, we... Our, our youth, or um, I'm sorry, our music uh, minister moved away, and uh, they were just looking for somebody, and and uh, I was qualified in this way. Uh, my wife was the pianist, and I was the only guy on the back row that could read music, and so <laughs> and so they asked me to to come and fill in, and I began to fill in more or less as a sense of duty. But then God began to call me, and, and I began to understand the, you know, the beauty of worship, the, uh, the, the uh, responsibility that you had when you're leading somebody to, to, to the throne of God. Right. And so, uh, so I stepped into that role on a part-time basis, and uh, at the time, I was cutting hair for a living. I, I had a shop in town, and uh, I... Uh, I got all the young people business because you had two choices in town. You had the roller set lady and you had the guy who had been grandfathered in from World War One, and he gave you the high and tight. And so <laughs> so by by default, I was I was the guy that could actually, you know, give you a haircut that you'd want to walk out and, you know, and, and be presented in public. And so all the students started coming to my place and we uh, I just began to develop a rapport with them. Uh, sometimes 
after school, it just became the hangout. And uh, there'd be 25 or 30 students just hanging out in there talking about all kinds of different things. And so I began to help uh, with, with the uh, student ministry in our church. And there again, a lady that was leading that uh, got really, really sick for an extended period of time. So they asked me to step into that role. And, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of praying, a lot of, a lot of soul searching with that. Mm-hmm. But I did step into that role. So I was music and youth. And I've done that combination in yeah. several different places. Yeah. I think it's a good combination. I, I know a lot of people. If you know music and you know youth. That's yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> it only works that way. <laughs> but yeah, that's very true. Uh, so uh, the pastor that we had there, uh, he, uh, you know, I told him, look, I'm really feeling called to ministry. And he said, well, we want to do this for you. We want you to shut your shop down and we want to send you to school. Mm. And so. And so kind of reluctantly, I, I, I did that. My idea was, let's just ease into this a little bit. Right. And he was like, no, both Go for feet, broke. Both yeah. feet, you know. Yeah. And so I uh, started going. I, I went to Mineral Area College, and so that was about a 65-mile one-way trip up there. And two weeks after I enrolled, the pastor was called to a different church in Texas. And so all of a sudden, everything kind of fell to me. I was filling the pulpit on Sunday mornings. I was doing the hospital visits. I was doing everything and loving every minute of it, I tell you. And uh, so uh, we had had cattle. We were, you know, we're doing all this kind of stuff. But in, in that time, God just gave us such affirmation that we were right where we were supposed to be. I mean, money-wise, it didn't make sense, mm. I can tell you. Uh, I, I still remember a time where uh, I had, you've heard of Maypop tires on a car? I had Gonna-Pop tires <laughs> on a car. The, the tread, the steel was just th- showing through. And I pulled into the gas station, and uh, the guy there said, well, you know, I don't, I can't explain this, but uh, about two weeks ago, somebody bought you a set of tires and put them back on the rack. They said, just put them back on the rack when he needs them. They're, they're there for him. And really, we pulled in there and they were paid for. And, you know, How about that? and gas the same way on a number of times. And we were just affirmed in all of that, you know? Um, so, uh, my heart and my passion, I mean, I, I enjoy leading worship, but my passion is student ministry. Uh, I, I love dealing with teenagers. I never lose that that zeal for them. You know the the uh, the statistics say that most people, like eighty five percent of people who ever come to know Christ, are saved between the ages of twelve and eighteen. So mm-hmm. I feel so privileged to be a part of of that kind of thing. I mean, yeah. get to see people come to know the Lord and yeah. all of that. That's exciting. And so um, you know. Uh, Knowing Jesus, as our our title here is is really kind of my my mission for them is, yeah. is to is to point them to Jesus right. and uh, and and make them have not make them but encourage them to have a real relationship with a real Savior. Right, right, and as our goal too to kind of impress that discipline into their lives of just reading the Word. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So tell us a little bit about uh, the student ministry here. What uh, give us a breakdown of all the opportunities kids have to get involved? Get yeah, involved. well, it's it's uh, it's many, and uh, you know we are so. Uh, you know, I've been in this association for over twenty years, and I've always looked at First Baptist Jackson and just said, man, what a golden opportunity! Because 
if nothing else, if you just look at location alone, I mean, we are right next to the high school. Right. And so our students just get to walk right over uh, when we have like Wednesday evening uh, uh, ministries there. They just get to walk right over. Great place to hang out. The bridge is a great facility for us to, to use. So so uh, I'll start with Wednesday nights. Uh, well, let me back up. I'll start with Wednesday morning. We're, we're starting uh, from the beginning of this school year. We're having breakfast there available to any student that wants to stop in there. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's starting to catch on. Uh, we, we had some, some very uh, hungry uh, <laughs> band, band people here <laughs> this past week, uh, and, uh, and uh, they devoured a lot of food. So just come and be a part of that. I mean, What we, time does that start? That starts at 7.15 every morning. And uh, so uh, if you're a junior high student, uh, you know, I don't know, if, I, I doubt if we're reaching too many of them, but you, you may know somebody. If you're, if you're a junior high student, all you've got to do is just come, and then we provide a van to take you back over to the middle school. Oh, so, wow. uh, so that's uh, so if somebody drops them off here. Then there's a van that goes from here to the middle school. That's exactly and right. the junior high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Man, that's neat. Did they do that when we were in high school? Yes. I, I don't remember that at all. Yeah. So, so back when I was in high school, we had the morning breakfast too, and they were huge, especially. Okay. But did they mm-hmm. have the van for junior high and yeah. middle school? Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. So I don't remember high, that, but yeah. But we were in high school whenever you started going. But yeah, um, but we were in cross country, so a lot of our cross country friends would come with us. Oh, yeah, we well, we even had like a lot of cross country dinners at the bridge. Yeah, so it's a it's a very um, I don't know uh, familiar place, I guess. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. I don't know. It's weird because it's like it's it's almost nostalgic, but mm-hmm. like, but I didn't go there until I was like uh, my first time going there. I was probably like seventeen, so mm-hmm. I don't know if that's really the right word. Right. Yeah, that was like five years ago. But but it it was a unique time because a lot of the students that would come in, uh, just like the, the same story as what we get for the evening stuff on Wednesdays. And anytime a student shows up, when they come in, it was unique for them because they had never been a plate at a place where um, the adults that show up genuinely care about them. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think that's very similar now. I I will tell you, a man, uh, when uh, when. When I was called here as youth pastor, uh, these ladies just came to me and said, hey, we want to do breakfast. We, we, we care about these students. We, we want to do that. And, man, you talk about encouraging. And, uh, and, and I will also just tell you, uh, look, I, I'm on keto diet except for Wednesday morning at 7.15. I'm not on keto diet then because <laughs> the food is just out of this world good. I mean, it's wow. so. Yeah. Okay, so breakfast is over. They go to school. Yep. Then what? Then at 3 o'clock, uh, uh, right as soon as school's out, they can come to the bridge. And again, we have a van that comes and picks up middle schoolers so they, they can be involved in, in the same thing that's going on. So Junior high. Yes. yes. Junior high. Because yeah. that... middle school's fifth, sixth. Oh, okay. okay. Junior high. Yeah, seven. junior high. Seventh and eighth. just walk over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's that's right, and I I get that mixed up. Yeah, all the time. I get it mixed up too. I, but it, it struck me as we were talking about it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so from from three till about um, you know about five forty five, we basically we hang out, we play games. Uh, if you've got homework that you uh, need to get done, you do that. Uh, we provide a meal, so there's you know so you're not starving to death. There's there's always plenty of good food around there and all that, and then uh, at at about 5:45, we start gathering, and at six o'clock, we uh, we do a worship time, and uh, we do some lessons. Right now, we're doing a thing called Back to the Basics, and it's basically <laughs> Back to the Basics is basically uh, 
uh, teaching you how to, to have a quiet time, teaching mm-hmm. you how to spend some time in the Word, how to, how to, you know, have a prayer life. And, you know, that sounds like, uh, you know, that sounds simple, but sometimes, you know, just talking to God is maybe a little more awkward than you think it is, especially when you're new at it. And so we're trying to help them to get comfortable with that, you know. Right. It's like talking to your best friend and, and developing that habit. We are also doing a mentoring program right now where uh, we, have, uh, we have a number of students who have, who have committed to pour into other students, usually older ones pouring into uh, to younger ones. Now, we have a lot of younger students coming right now, mm. and uh, so we want to try to take care of them. But I will tell you, there's energy in that building. There's a lot of fun going on, and, uh, and you know, just a lot of... Uh, uh, it's a place where we want you to feel welcome. We want you to feel loved. And I, I think that's coming across right yeah. now. Yeah, awesome. Good. Yeah. So uh, outside of Wednesday, what is there? Well, we have Sunday mornings uh, we, where we do, uh, we would do Sunday school class. Uh, Evan's in there with me helping. And uh, right now we've been going through the book of Acts, and it's, it's pretty interesting. You know, we, we're talking about we just now started into the, the Paul's missionary journeys and the persecution, and we're talking about, how that is kind of, you know, still the same case with Christians now, and how it's we're that in our country we're not immune to that either. Right. We're, it's getting if it's not here, it's coming, and right. so we're, we're talking about some of that. We do a lot of extracurricular things. Uh, we just finished uh, going to Fields of Faith, uh, which was an event that Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, has done. We do a lot of fun things. We got a hayride coming up on the 30th of this month, and uh, mm-hmm. out at out at our place, out Lake Brewster. Yeah, Lake Brewster out there, and uh, we have 20 acres and a three-acre lake, so that's that's what what it's dubbed. But I expect a big bunch. We have uh, we're going to have a costume contest and and all of that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we do things like laser tag. We go uh, there's a there's a place. Uh, in Bond here called the Family Fun Center and, mm. and been there. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. have been yeah. there. And uh and I tell you what, we've been there twice and the students just love it. They want to go back and yeah. back and back. Yeah. And so uh so you know, we're open to do a lot of it. And I, I would just say, you know, here's just a, a plug for, for First Baptist Church. I mean, this church uh is our students are so blessed to have a church like like ours is because they uh, they understand the need to pour into students, and we have resources to be able to do things with them like that, and mm-hmm. uh, not only resources, but a real willingness to do that, and yeah. uh, and enthusiasm about it. So I, you know, I'm blessed as as their youth director to get to do that, and they are blessed. They don't, they may not recognize it, but they are. Well, Bruce, I'm so glad you're with it. We wanted you to be on today because uh, we look forward to uh, you and Reese. Uh, before, when we were doing the Understand Jesus podcast, it kind of fell on me to be here every week. Yeah. Wanted to have some other people that we brought in uh, to both add to and then and kind of take the helm from time to time. So sure. appreciate you being willing to do that. Sure. It, it, it's a great opportunity, and I, I just I just love the format. I think it's yeah. wonderful. Good deal. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, we'll be back with our final special guest uh, when we return. And we are back 
for our last segment of this special edition of the Understanding special Jesus podcast. And Who's talking one, right now? Oh, my goodness. Who is it? What? Who is there? Bum, bum, bum. Yes. And, uh, of course, if it, you're watching us on video, then <laughs> you're like, why are Spoilers. they saying that? It's a spoiler alert. That's Daniel. Yeah. Yeah. If Daniel. you're watching on video, uh, they saw they 100% saw Daniel in the back of my camera angle 100%. because he was There's he was no, just sitting right no over surprise. there. I was I in your camera thing. angle back there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not as much as Bruce especially was. With your eyes oh, closed. you should have told me I had it backed off. I kind of peeked. I thought it was. I, yeah. was I mean, weird. it was it was kind of like a teaser because you were only kind of like half in frame. Okay, okay. But like every time you move, somebody definitely is like, "There's somebody back there." Ah, uh, hey, go ahead and mark the, it. Yeah, that's right. The the Daniel uh, segment of our Understanding Jesus podcast is brought to you by Mountain Dew Frostbite. I'm still getting paid by Mountain Dew Right. Right, yeah, right after Troy went on that, as soon as we took a break, he went and got a Mountain Dew. <laughs> old habits, man. The old crew's back together. We got to get the last of the crew, the That's Mountain That's right, Dews. yeah. Well, I wanted Dude to, the crew. it was kind of like if we're going to come back on and we got Daniel here, we need to do kind of a whatever happened to Daniel kind of segment. So, Oh, my. Uh, since he's not going to come down and do the Understanding Jesus podcast for us, because definitely Sorry. his manager was way Way, way higher than we, <laughs> we can afford. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, we got bargain basement for Evan. Well, that's but, what uh, you do. When, that's what you do when you let your me I could toddler son <laughs> you know, run run your whole business. That's right. That's right. But uh, we we started this. I said three years ago. I can't remember when we started. Has it been? I think it's three years. Is it three years? Because I've been gone from Jackson for a year, and yeah. at which point we were at two years. Okay. So math being what it is. <laughs> I think it's three. <laughs> yeah, it does Coming to the end way. of three. Uh, I whatever. think I, I was, but we didn't start the we didn't start the first year, did we? We didn't start like January one, or did we? Uh, well, it depends on which iteration. Yeah. Because we it wasn't called Understanding Jesus at the beginning. Um, Understanding Jesus, I think, started January one in the library. That's right. That's right. We were gonna rock it from the library. We were thinking we were hot stuff. Yeah, I was in the, I was in the intro and the first edition was up here. And we were we were going to do it in the costume room too because yes. the acoustics were good in there. And it's uh, all about the acoustics. Yeah, and now here all, we are. I know. Acoustics We've created matter. our own space. But you know, this is still the deadest room in so many ways. <laughs> in so many ways. <laughs> but, the, but the sound is super dead. We've increased our equipment too. We've gotten yeah. good equipment. Thank you, Austin. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, Yes. Gone a lot. I mean, I wasn't gonna say it, but I'm glad somebody did. Yeah, yeah. We, we had a table <laughs> over. We had a table over there, and we had always had the white dry erase, and we just use iPhone. We just use an iPhone. iPhone. Then we had an iPad. We got techie. We got, and then, then my MacBook. And now and we're then, on a then, M1. We yeah. got the M1 running. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. 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 So. I remember the first time I was on at a guest was when we were over there and we were doing an iPad, and then the first time I was on as an engineer, I was standing. Over here, while you That's guys, right. while you guys had the iPad pointed that way. Right. Well, and we and we had a, um, uh, we had we were doing the podcast uh, and trying to make it sound as professional as possible. We were trying to make sure it was t- it was top grade stuff. And then uh, somebody said, "Hey, I want to be able to see you." Uh, it was Panda Sparks yeah. actually. She was like, "I want to be able to see you." The only person who's ever actually said that. Uh, we made it sound like it us. was an outcry of our population, <laughs> but one person, one person was enough to say, oh, "Well, okay, we'll do that." And uh, and they then and then some people uh, jumped there. on board. So we did Facebook Live. So that that was the um, that was actually the iPhone. 
Uh, that we were doing great uh, because uh, we were actually recording it. We were onto, recording pretty good quality uh, onto your mic. It's better yeah. now, but it was fine. Yeah, the the, the audio recording is always been pretty because we used pretty decent. We had some decent had microphones, some decent mics. but the audio for the Facebook live stream was horrible. Horrible, and it was uh, yeah. And so people kept saying, "We can't hear you. We can't hear you. It sounds awful. It sounds awful." That was our first feedback, which was at least back then. People, we had feedback. People were watching <laughs> yeah. us. So we were, we were. So, I mean, that was before Mountain Dew sponsored us. That's so right. That was, yeah, before we took off to the big time. Or sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So, but uh, yeah, we had people that would tune in, and we've had people uh, actually listen to us from all over the world. I was, I was thinking people from different connections, mm-hmm. different places, different times, uh, really random yep. uh, in the way they would uh, chime in. So, hopefully, even though we're changing the time of the day and going away from a lunchtime thing, going to a morning thing. Uh, which is more convenient for us. Uh, yeah. so we're just yeah. going to use... We are the most faithful everybody, audience. Everybody has to adapt. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, but anyway, hopefully it'll still supposed to be something that people chime in on. But anyway, uh, so Daniel, get, we, uh, give us an update. Where where you left us, Okay. Uh, that was uh, that was clear uh, a yes. year ago. And maybe so for people who are just joining. It's maybe if, if people are just joining, maybe explain who you are also. Daniel? There are none of yours. Yes. Uh, you don't know that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so my name is Daniel Lawson. I, uh, at the time, a year ago, was the worship pastor here at, um... Worship and Media. Worship and, and Media. I forgot I had and that youth. little tagline, too. <laughs> you did, and, and I did youth. You did, like, five um, things there at the end. There was a lot going on. Um, this is so one of the several hats he this had. This is one of the hats <laughs> that I had. And, yeah. uh, no, so, so it was good. Um, so I was here for almost six years. And it was a it was a whirlwind. It was a good time. Um, fell in love with the people and the church and the town. And um, recently, about a year ago, um, just over a year ago, it was uh, October fourth that I started at Grace. Um, wow. So it was um, yeah about a year ago that we moved up uh, two hours north of Cape Girardeau to St. Charles County, which is close enough to St. Louis to claim St. Louis, but mm-hmm. it's not close enough for the, for our Paneras to be called St. Louis Bread Company. Apparently. Really? Yeah. Are you serious? I'm serious. They switched them over, so that was a bummer moving back to find wow. out. Yeah. Uh, almost moved back at that moment, but we didn't. <laughs> I was about to say, why didn't you? I know. Like, right. I mean, it was a, that would have been reason enough for me. Are they, but they're though. not – are they going to change the ones in St. Louis to Panera? No, in it? St. Louis will be St. Louis Bread Company. I'm having trouble with the math there. So Festus is St. Louis Bread Company. Well, it's it's a – roll. I mean, they're rolling it out, so give it time. Oh, it's, mm, oh okay. Festus is going down. Going Festus down. will be yeah. Panera? Could be. I mean, the, the I mean Panera, the Wentz the Wentzville where I live, uh, Panera just is now switching their signage. Yeah. Over. Wow. wow. I mean, um, Panera Sip Club is next level, but mm-hmm. St. Louis Bread Company Sip Club I'm sure is even better. After the podcast, I'll tell you how much money I've saved on Sip Club. Oh, I, I haven't spent a dime. It's I've ridiculous. At least six or seven free months. It's incredible. Anyway, okay. uh, so I moved up to um, St. Peter's is the city I serve in. I live in Wentzville. They're they're right next to each other, and um. I've been serving in an outreach capacity, so I'm director of outreach at Grace Community Chapel in St. Peter's, um, and so what we do is I um, we do a lot of um, evangelism training, and that is um, just really organic, conversational, um, meeting people where they are and just giving them uh, uh, not just teaching, but it's we call it a workshop. It's not so much a class. It's mm-hmm. more of like a we're gonna come. I'm gonna introduce a concept. It's gonna take five minutes, and we're gonna spend the rest of the hour on practicing it. Uh, and so we've had a lot of really good feedback and success from that, a lot of involvement with our church. We want to get everyone taking that um, because that fuels our community outreach endeavors. So um, we're looking at, we're, we're 
framing this ministry as like the church is salt and light for our community and we're called to love our community um, just as, as, a, as a goal in and of itself. A goal is just to show the love of God to these people and to be good to them. Jeremiah 29 says to um, um, do good for the community in which you find yourself. Um, and Jesus says to be salt and light and that our lampstand could be taken away conceivably, so we don't want that to happen. Hmm. Uh, so we train our people so they can talk about Jesus on a dime. They can turn conversations. Um, we operate on a concept where um, if I want to talk about my children or the Marvel Cinematic Universe or the new Lord of the Rings show that I won't talk about on this podcast because it's spoilers, uh, if I want to do that, I can bring it up no matter what. If we're talking about Cardinals baseball, I can bring up my kids uh, because I'm passionate about my kids and I know a lot about them. Right. Um, so we operate on that concept with talking about Jesus. So getting people to that comfort level to where we talk about Jesus with each other, which is something that is weirdly uncommonly done even in like church on Sunday morning. Like, right. Um, I'll catch up with you about your family, about your job, about anything except for sure. Jesus, right? Yeah. So right. Um, we, we learn that first, and then we um, learn to engage in our lost friends as well. So we, the, we train our people, and then we use those trained people to engage our communities with um, the gospel um, and with community aid. Um, we've gone into um, mobile home uh, communities and done stuff around their house, again, with these trained people just ready to um, engage spiritually um, if that comes up, and if it doesn't, okay, you know we've we still loved our um, these people, um, but um, the goal is obviously to um, to be ready to give a reason for the hope we've received, and um, uh, we we do some some little outreach events. We're trying to shift. Um, we've we've we're about ninety percent shifted from come and see uh, all of the fun events that we have to we're gonna go and reach like we're gonna go into your community. Um, as outreach um, we do still have like events for the community where in fact we're throwing one um, on October 30th a few, couple weeks from now mm. um, where we're just we're not asking anything we're not even asking for information for, of people we're just saying hey here's a trunk or treat we love you um, enjoy you know enjoy it um, just want you to know that we love you and we're not going to ask anything of you um, awesome. and so I've been doing that evangelism training events um, I do some media stuff we have a really good team that our skills all um, overlap. We have our area of, our, of specialty, but our skills overlap. So I'm obviously I'm doing a lot with um, like the media. I'm the I'm, I'm one of the millennials on staff, so of course I, I I know some about technology. So I help with that some. I help with the worship ministry uh, quite a bit as much as possible. Disciple, the discipleship pastor and I are in each other's office daily. Right. Um, so we all most of us preach. Um, it's just a, it's really good. Really good setup. We're doing good work. Got so, a lot of work to do. Do you miss worship ministry? Um, I get to do it enough um, to where I don't um, crave it. Um, I mm. would crave it. I, I do really enjoy it. Um, I don't know if I like. I, I prefer where I'm at okay. now. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick, I, I I think where I'm at is um, true to my giftings, and um, I'm doing really good work. I really affirm, obviously, the pastoral role of the worship ministry. And our worship pastor does an awesome job. And mm. I mean, he is, and I think that makes it easy for me not to crave it again because right. I get to watch what he does and say, and just really trust and feel like he is really doing good work. His team is um, incredible. In fact, he doesn't even, he won't even be on the stage, mm. you know, two weeks out of four. Wow. Um, so, um, and even another week, he's in a supportive role. So mm. he's a very good team developer. And I, I just, um, it might be different if I felt like things were going poorly. Right. But, um, well, I understand that. If you're a preacher and you 
have someone who's preaching and they really feed you, mm-hmm. then you don't feel the need to be up there because no. you feel as though the job's being done. The job's being yeah. done. Yeah. yeah, and our lead pastor, Jason, is the same way. He, uh, um, We have uh, four out of the six of us. Mm? Actually, five out of the six of us preach. Mm. Um, and So have you got the opportunity to do that? Yeah, yeah, oh, several times. Um, oh, cool. uh, a few times in the last year. And, and each time, uh, Jason comes into my office, gives a kind of a debrief. We kind of debrief, mm. and uh, he's like, you know, if you ever want to do this more, uh, all you got to do, I think he's he's wanting to give away more opportunities. Right. Um, and so uh, I, may, I may start doing a little bit more, um, yeah. but we'll see. We'll just see how um, – what's needed and so he can improve his golf game yeah absolutely (laughs) (laughs) no so um it's really really good dynamic there um really good culture some people just need work on the backswing (laughs) i am that person i if i if i touch your golf club it's going to get bent or destroyed in some way i promise (laughs) well cool and your family's expanded my family's expanded yeah so when we left here we had uh me my wife and two sons and now we have a third Tate was born uh, five weeks ago, mm. and he is awesome. He is, uh, I, I tell people, imagine a baby, and you got it. He is, <laughs> he is a baby. The he's quintessential a, baby. He is exactly what you expect. Um, a little different than what you expect in a good way. He is, uh, uh, um, you can, what's his, he's predictable. Mm. Um, I know every day what time I'm getting up. And wow. every and my wife knows every you know so we have a really good system and God's been good to us for that because uh, it's not always that way and so we were uh, gifted a baby that does that really well. So yeah. how old are Reese and Jude now? Reese is five. He'll be six <gasps> in December. Oh my goodness. Yep. And Jude just turned three. Oh um, wow. They are. Um, Jude is. Uh, he's he's been potty trained for a while now I guess. Yeah. Um and um just a he's a stocky kid beats me up on on the regular and wow. reese is the sweetest he's an awana now and wow. memorizing uh yeah. he reese uh prayed to receive jesus a few months ago Whoa. um Amazing. which That's is cool. the highlight of probably my life yeah. um there's there's getting married there's getting saved and then, then when my kid gets saved it's yeah. it's something else so um that was pretty pretty special um got the and uh he's just always been pretty pretty on it uh, so he's five he'll be six i was six um, and he's way more uh, in, in advanced, tune, than, advanced than me. Yeah, uh, so that's that's really yeah. great. Yeah, this is much more detailed than you went on a few weeks ago because I texted you like a couple <laughs> weeks ago and asked you how the kids were doing. You're like alive and pooping on schedule, alive which is more than I could ask for. <laughs> that's so funny. I, I think it's funny that you're talking about the scheduling of like your child because Pastor yeah. Troy talked about that on Sunday. Oh yeah, and, uh, I know. I actually, you know, I, I just copy everything Troy does. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> we, all try, we all try to. When he's preaching, he has like an earpiece that just goes to our live stream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but right. on the contrary, Pastor Troy's story was about how um, he struggled to get his kids on schedule. Um, oh, schedule I'm sorry were. to rub it in then. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was actually due to sabotage, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, my wife was absolutely <laughs> unscheduled. She 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 does not. Kim is anti-schedule. Anti-schedule. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, free form to the, to the max. To the core. 100%. Yeah, yeah she, uh, the difference between me and her is uh, every day I like to have everything where it's supposed to be in its exact same place every single morning and get up at the same time and go to the same sequence of events until I get here. 
she wants to, to be different every single day. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and trying to put two people like that in the same household, it's just like a joke from God. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's usually <laughs> one, there are two kinds of people, and they marry each other. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's just always it's been fun. We've been doing it for 33 years, and, and, uh, and any hope of either of us changing the other one is far out it's the gone. window. It's yeah. gone. But, uh, but now all our kids are grown. And it is interesting uh, how uh, some have taken on the more scheduled aspect mm-hmm. and others have taken on the like the free spirit. Let's oh, just yeah. see what happens kind of thing. So 100%. now they have to do it. But now I don't have to. I don't have to deal with it anymore. You don't have to deal with yeah, it. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. They're all pooping on their own now. <laughs> and I don't even know about it. It does happen. I think you're doing it right now, and I wouldn't even know. <laughs> and you put no. <laughs> that's the goals. end. That's the end goal. I right would there. love that's to right. not know when my kids are pooping. <laughs> that's right. Someday. <laughs> someday. Someday. <laughs> That's right. Well, and then and then and then and then at some point your kids know when you are. And then at some point <laughs> it all comes around. It all comes full, full circle. circle. That's yeah. right. The circle of life. Oh well. Uh, Glad we yeah. got off on that. Yeah, That's but it's been good. I actually, there was a um, there was a girl who prayed to receive Jesus in my office a few weeks wow. ago. Um, who is from? Her story is awesome. I thought mm. you guys might be interested in this. Uh, Absolutely. She is Cuban, mm. and when you flee Cuba. You uh you go on vacation if you're in right. the podcast if you're just listening air quotes um to Nicaragua and so she got to Nicaragua but had to I mean she wasn't moving so she left all of her things wow. um, she she left her family uh everything she went alone to Nicaragua and walked to the American border wow. and um, got across and um, That's not close. it's not close no no yeah. no she walked day and night um and. I was not a believer. Cuba is technically a Catholic country, but her her background is n- nominal at best. Right. Um. Barely any knowledge of the scriptures or Jesus, and so she she walked, got a got a sense that she was being aided in some way, wow. um, supernaturally, um, uh, but didn't have a attribution for it. So she got here. Um. A a generous person paid to have her brought up to uh where we are around where we are. And uh, she she somehow landed in our church, and um, we just started loving on her and uh, introducing the gospel just slowly over time. And uh, she, uh, yeah, she prayed to receive Jesus in my office. How and, amazing is and that? She, yeah, she she speaks a little bit of English, and uh, so we we've gotten her connected with some um, uh, girls from uh, I believe Peru mm. that are um, can can kind of cross that bridge, and so she's being discipled by one of the ladies at our church. Uh, How about that? It's really cool. So it's it's fun to see God work. It's fun to see you know fun stuff happen. I mean, yeah. it's it's just very uh, fills the cup when people. Does her family know where she is? Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. they know. Okay. Um, cool, cool. Once you step foot on, um, you guys you guys may know this. Not all of our listeners may. Um, when you if you are from Cuba, there is a law on American books where if you step foot on American soil, you instantly um, um, you qualify for asylum. So uh, she is she's got asylum status um, or is very very close to having that, mm-hmm. uh, but she she will get it. Um, I think it's, I think it's similar to that with like the Ukrainians right now. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of people that I know from Ukraine mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that were students whenever all this stuff started. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah. Oh, talking to Mike. Yeah. 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 So I, there's a couple of students that I know there from Ukraine, and their situation is very similar to that because of the current Ukraine situation mm-hmm. that we all know about. And I, I think there's a little more confusing because they're oh, uh, yeah. less it's convoluted. Of, yeah, it's less of asylum, more of refugee mm-hmm. kind of status. But mm-hmm. but I think the way that works is it makes an extension of 
what they already had as yeah. a student, and then after they're done being a student, it depending on certain qualifications, they can continue that's cool. what they were doing before. Yeah. So I can't I can't say all the details because this is going to go online, but there is a country from which many refugees fled mm. um, last year. Right. And actually two countries. And uh, one got a lot of media attention, but it's the same group. Um, and so our church collected uh, like $100,000 to mm. uh, basically bribe border officials uh, to get... Wow all these refugees out. So some, those are the ones that are that are here now. Wow. Um, and so our church has been following them this whole time. And this year we are, we're trying to provide, I mean, Samaritan's Purse has been very like engaged in this right. process as well. We've kind of been doing stuff uh, in communication with them. Um, but we're um, keeping them warm this winter, hopefully. Uh, yeah. That's our collection effort right now. It's not going to be like the $100,000 it was before. Um, yeah. But uh, oh, maybe it is. I don't know. Who knows? I don't want to say what God's yeah. going to do but that's right um but uh, that's right uh but um you know keeping them warm feeding them doing what we can so we don't just you know do the short-term mission thing and forget about right uh, what happens so yeah it's fun uh, a few weeks ago i got to uh hand out the gifts you uh, did the samaritan's first ah, uh, cool. operation christmas job where gifts. were you uh, somewhere I can't Cal- say. Yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> South of Asia, yeah, South right. East Asia. But uh, it was um, it was pretty amazing. I mm. it didn't anticipate. We didn't know we were going to be doing that. It was just like they said, "Hey, we have these gifts to distribute." And wow. these boxes. And you're like, "Yeah, I know what those are. I know these boxes. Yeah, that's right." And uh, and you know, it's crazy. As two things I did not realize. One is I didn't realize that most of those children get one gift in a lifetime. Mm. You get once once. It's a once in a lifetime experience for most children. And the second thing is it's not at Christmas. It's oh. it's all your life, right? Because it's just yeah, now. Yeah, it's just now. And so it's like, why are we doing this now? You know, <laughs> but it, but wow. they we collect them, and then you realize that most of the world that we're going to, uh, they don't celebrate Christmas. Right. So it doesn't really right. it doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't even connect. Mm-hmm. So uh, so this is really. But it was uh, of the hundreds of kids that we saw. Uh, I think there were some because you get down to the end, they don't have a piece of paper, and so you're just giving them a gift, an extra one you have. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you'd be giving a girl gift to a boy, you know, and so forth. But uh, in that entire event, I, I said, I can't remember this ever in any American setting. There was not one disappointed child. Mm-hmm. There was not one disappointed parent. Wow. And, and joy just filled the place. That's and, so cool. And, and to, to, if you've ever given anything to anybody <laughs> on any larger scale, you always get that kind of yeah. I didn't want or I expected this and I didn't get or that there's some anxiety. or I got left out, you know, or that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, exactly. N- nothing like that. Wow. Yeah. It was just so kind of cool. and you're almost expecting it. Yeah. You're, because you're like, oh my goodness, it's just a girl's gift, you know, uh-huh. and you give it to a boy, and he was like jubilant. It's awesome. It. Took it and shared it with his sister, you know, and just ah. and the joy of just her watch, looking at it and 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 um, doing it. it together. Yeah, just crazy. And crazy a shout things. out to Samaritan's Purse because you can do you can pack a box online like completely yeah. like digitally now. And that's that's, um, that's amazing. Inco- yeah, yeah, and yeah. and it's cheaper actually to do that that way than to send it yourself because they've yeah. got the shipping thing worked out. And you know, they, we we were talking about we were needing some wow gifts to collect and so forth. And the wow gifts are are cool, but they're all wow gifts. Yeah. I mean, that's the part you wow. don't realize is that the it's, it, yeah, yeah, the, it was all. I mean, they take and pull every single thing out and just with a like a oh my goodness Love look it. at this mm-hmm. it's just a. A great thing. Just I remember one particular girl was a pair of flip flops. You know, just uh, it was just the excitement she had over these mm-hmm. sandals. Uh, it was just uh, it was pretty cool. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. The, when you told that on Sunday, the idea of no one being disappointed was kind of convicting for me. Even I yeah. was just think about how uh, ungrateful I am for things at times. It actually reminded me of when I was I was probably six. We had yeah. a gift giving thing here that one the pastor at that time had put together, and he 
uh, basically had a, a yearly give out of gifts and the church members brought in. I remember there was, um, I mean, I, I was probably sick, but they, but um, I got Rock'em Sock'em. And I was so upset that I got the Rock'em Sock'em because I was like, I don't want a boxing guy. Right. I, and um, I remember I was just so ungrateful for the gift I had been given. Um, yeah, I, I uh, you know, you talk about that and, and how these, these guys have nothing. And yeah. and I, I was upset about Rock'em Sock'em, you know. And, <laughs> and who cares yeah. about Rock'em Sock'em <laughs> at the end of the day? Because yeah. it's, it, it's a free gift that, that someone was nice enough to give. And, um, you know, in that, in that situation, the important part of what was happening was that our pastor was trying to convey the story of Christ and the free right. gift that he gives us of salvation. Yeah. And he was trying to convey that through the giving of these gifts to us kids. Right. And I was more worried about the, about the boxing guys in the box than I was about the, the story of salvation. And that was, and it was, uh, you have an opportunity. I got to be the one to make the gospel presentation to the kids and everything, which cool. was really kind of cool. And because and you have these kids who are, uh, they were primarily Hindu. Uh, but uh, it was um, it was pretty uh, pretty incredible to to you know you have these moments where you invite people for a free meal and mm-hmm. they get they're all getting gifts so they all show up and the whole village is there crowded in and so forth mm-hmm. but it wasn't an impatient it was a very just a very open reception to mm-hmm. uh, listen to every word that we had to say and and you know communicating you know we're getting ready to give you a gift but here's a gift that's so much better than anything I can put inside a box and uh, and they embraced it. Came at, they would come by and, and they would bow at our feet and touch touch our feet, which is kind of a, a an expression of worship or appreciation. To, but it's uh, it's very uh, and you're trying to get them, you know, don't stand up, stand right, up. You right. feel like the, the I am an, but a man. You feel like yeah, exactly. You feel like uh, the angel in Revelation kind of thing. Like, no, 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 don't bother <laughs> me. Uh, you don't bother me. But uh, the uh, but it was it was really it was compelling. Mm. But uh, but anyway, that's um, it made me think when you were talking about working with Samaritan's Purse. But we you know we have. Um, I'm excited for what you're doing. Is it was uh, it was really on our heart here while you were here, mm. um, doing outreach, you know, and and just starting to see because uh, both the needs we have here and the needs in St. Louis and so forth. It's one of those uh, areas. I, not that I I don't want to take anything away from worship ministry, right? But it was uh, it is uh, it's it's a common path to my son's also in worship ministry. Mm-hmm. I know his heart is I think eventually to go beyond that and yeah. discipleship. Just a desire to see disciples made. Well, it feeds in yeah. so well because, like, as the deeper you get into worship, the more you realize that, like, that obviously, and we know this, but like, what we do is an act of worship, right? Yeah. How we act, how we conduct ourselves. And I was reading in um, uh, the book of Amos in chapter five, I believe it is, when they, um, God says, you know, man, guys, take away from. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hyperbolize a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, or just change his words a little bit. Paraphrase. Paraphrase. Thank you. Um, Sleep deprivation loses the, the words. I offered a Mountain Dew. But but, yeah, yeah, you did. You did. Um, sponsored. Uh, this is not sponsored. <laughs> um, where he says, um, you know, take away from me the noise of your songs. I don't want to hear your clanging cymbals yeah. um, because you don't do this and that. Your community, you don't even love the people around you. Right. Why would I want your songs? And um, and I, of course, like I said earlier in the podcast, I, I totally affirm the pastoral role of the worship ministry it's why i was in it um but i just was looking at my life and realizing that i can uh, you know god never called me to worship ministry specifically um so and he hasn't called me to outreach ministry specifically um but um my love for worship comes out in uh, the fact that what i do for the people around me and what the church does is a sweet aroma to the lord and he loves it and um, i think it's a prerequisite to our corporate song worship yeah. So, 
um, that's that's a huge reason why uh, why I love it and why um, it, it does kind of tra- naturally transition. The more you worship God, the more uh, and the more you like to worship God, the more right. you want to do it in a way that pleases Him. And uh, and so uh, we love it. Sweet. Well, Daniel, you always have an open chair here. Thanks. Anytime you want to come back, All right. we'll save you a space. Every week, I'll That's be here. Every I'll week. make the drive. You can right. remote in. Don't That's tempt right. us, Daniel. Right. My, my staff right. meeting at Grace is right now. So oh. um, it yeah. gets, if I, I you know, I'll, I'll but talk that means, to But that means it's not at 9 o'clock, right? No, it's it's at 9. Oh, they're, okay. right they're, now. We like. Right now, right now. So okay. our, our staff meetings. Part of it is we pray over like every prayer request, okay. and that's a that can be lengthy. Uh, you can skip process. that part. Well, I know it's the, the least important. <laughs> 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 oh boy! Uh, okay. uh, but I love that we do it. But it does take yeah. a while. You know, um, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, you know how uh, some shows will have like the the resident expert on something come in. <laughs> we could we could have you video resident in. Dummy there right yeah, we that's can have right. you video in, kind of like the guy on Ancient Aliens. Oh yeah. Come in and, and we'll <laughs> Thank get you your, for comparing me to the guy on Ancient <laughs> Aliens. Yeah, yeah. And you can come in as our <laughs> as our Daniel, ex- mess up your hair and just do this. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But but we can have you uh, join in and, and uh, right. remote in. Remote so, in. Yeah. I know. I know. I and we, <laughs> we wish we had time to go through our rings of power um Oh yeah, uh, thoughts and and yeah, Andor. Are you watching Andor as well? Oh yeah, okay. Andor, She-Hulk, all of it. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not, I'm not Everyone, tune Plus, in so. for our um, yeah. Prime and Disney Plus podcast <laughs> after this. <laughs> our after show. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, anyway, uh, one thing to remind everyone: this is uh, we said it was a special edition. We will start next week uh, looking back through the word. If you want to get into our reading plan, you can go to our website at fbcj.us. And, uh, and look up resources, and it says reading plan, and pull up the month, and then see where we are in our reading, and read along with us. Uh, if you follow the reading plan, uh, then you'll go through, you'll read the entire Bible in a year. That's It's mm-hmm. broken up into segments so that you're reading from the Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs, a uh, portion of each, three in 365 separate readings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you can pick up where we are, you can start in Genesis, but we will be talking about um, the prior week's reading in uh, the podcast. So we'll begin to unfold that uh, when we meet next so thank you guys sweet thanks for having me yeah, yeah. thanks good thanks austin thanks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> evan thanks all right we'll see you see you next time on thank you Mountain Jesus. Dew. yeah all right. sorry